going to be in Hebrews chapter 9 tonight. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Um, my sister-in-law, years ago, we, we'd gone, and she had color-coded uh, the meals in her freezer for her husband. And, you know, she would send a meal with him each day, and uh, she had them color-coded, and she'd do it like a month in advance, and and uh, just uh, incredible organization and, and planning there. Um, God is a God who plans. Uh, he plans our lives. He's got purposes for our lives. Uh, he also has a plan for worship. And so uh, it's important to follow God's plan for worship. I think that's always a good idea. Uh, and this scripture that we're going to look at tonight, um, the author of Hebrews is describing the old tabernacle system, and how it was a picture of the worship that God had planned for his people in our day. Uh, all of Scripture looks forward to the time of the fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And so uh, these Scriptures that we're going to look at, we're going to look at some different uh, aspects of worship and God's plan and how he showed that to us in picture form. Uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, somebody said. Uh, now, I can show you a, a picture of something, and you can get an idea of it. If I showed you a picture of this church, you'd get an idea of it, right? But you wouldn't know everything about this church just from the picture until you came and experienced the church. The same thing is true. The Old Testament kind of was the picture. And now, under the New Covenant, we can actually experience the presence of God, and we become the temple of God, when we repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ. And so uh, we need to follow God's plan for worship. So the title of my message is God's plan for worship. And look with me at verse 1 here in Hebrews chapter 9. Now the first covenant also had regulations for ministry and an earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was set up, and in the first room, which was called the holy place, were the lampstand, the table, and the presentation loaves. Behind the second curtain was a tent called the Most Holy Place. It had the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered with gold on all sides, in which was a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. The cherubim of glory were above the Ark, overshadowing the mercy seat, and it is not possible uh, to speak about these things in detail right now. But these things prepared like this, the priests enter the first room repeatedly performing their ministry, but the high priest alone enters the second room, and he does that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people that had com they committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was making it clear that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed while the first tabernacle was still standing. This is a symbol for the present time, during which the gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the worshiper's conscience. They are physical regu regulations and only deal with food, drink, and various washings imposed until the time of the new order. And so uh, he's going to talk about how Jesus fulfills these things in the second part. But I wanted to focus on these different parts of this old tabernacle worship and what it shows us about God's plan for worship today. First of all, I want you to see uh, that the tabernacle is an earthly picture. He says in, the, in verse 1, Now the first covenant had regulations for ministry 
and an earthly sanctuary. When God told Moses to build the tabernacle, he told him, Moses, I want you to build it according to the pattern uh, that you is shown to you on the holy mountain. And that pattern was that of the tabernacle in heaven. And so the earthly tabernacle is a picture of worship in heaven. And uh, we understand that. We find that the earthly tabernacle can teach us things about worship. So uh, what do we find when you, when you go into the, the, the earthly tabernacle? You had a courtyard, uh, and all around that courtyard, there was a, there was a barrier with, with curtains all the way around, and then a front entrance that also had curtains. And you would go through that, and then you would have the uh, burnt offering uh, altar there, the altar of burnt offering, uh, where the sacrifices were offered day by day. Uh, morning and evening sacrifice each day. And then uh, you had a, a labor where, you, where the priest would wash. Um, and then you would enter into the tent of the tabernacle itself. That was called the holy place. And on the left-hand side would be uh, the lampstand. On the right-hand side would be the table of the presence. And right in front would be uh, the altar of incense. Uh, now, the scripture we just read said that this was in the Holy of Holies. It was very close, just outside the Holy of Holies. And uh, some believe that at times they would move it into uh, the Holy of Holies, especially during the temple period, because the Holy of Holies was bigger. And as they, they needed the incense, uh, the cloud of incense, to cover uh, where the presence of God was so the priest would not see uh, the glory of God and be struck dead, which is, would be a high priority if you were a priest. And so um, uh, then you had the curtain that went into the Holy of Holies. And that curtain, there was uh, the cherubim that were woven into the curtain, and uh, there was scarlet and purple and blue all woven into that, that uh, veil. And then you would go behind that veil, and there would be the Ark of the Covenant, uh, where the priest would bring the blood on the Day of Atonement. Uh, and uh, the top of that Ark of the Covenant was solid gold, and uh, there were two cherubim uh, hammered in gold that and their wings would touch above uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and it was the place from which God ruled, and the, the glory cloud would come down and dwell above uh, the, uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant there. Um, and so um, this, is, this is the outward picture and it showed that there was a barrier that needed to be overcome. And, of course, we know that that barrier is overcome by the blood of Jesus. And, uh, and then uh, many other pictures we'll, we'll talk about. But it's an earthly picture. And so, secondly, I want you to see that not only was God's plan for worship was that there would be an earthly picture of it. But, secondly, uh, that there'd be a revealing truth. A revealing truth. Verse 2. The tabernacle was set up in the first room, which is called the holy place. Uh, where the lampstand was, and he lists some other things too. But the lampstand was the menorah. You see sometimes in the Jewish celebrations, the, with the, it kind of looks like a bunch of U's put together, and then there's one lamp that comes straight up, and uh, seven lamps across the top of it. Uh, this was probably a little bit more elaborate, uh, but uh, this was, was a picture of several things. Uh, it was a picture of the people of God, right? Because... Uh, the people of God were to be a light unto the nations. Uh, it was also a picture of the Word of God. Uh, 
David says in the Psalms, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, it was a picture of Jesus Christ. who He says, I am the light of the world. So all of these things are represented. But this idea of there being a revealing truth. What did Jesus speak when he was on this earth? The truth, right? Uh, he taught the word of God and then he also expounded on that. Uh, the word of God reveals God's truth to us. And uh, as God's people are a light to the nations, what, how are we a light? Through the sharing of truth, right? So uh, worship is to involve the truth of God's word. That's one reason I believe that the word of God needs to be central in the worship life of the local church. I know there's a lot of places you go in America today where they uh, minimize the word of God and there are other things that are emphasized, but the word of God has become almost an afterthought and just as mentioned in uh, maybe a, a quick brief 10-15 minute uh, sermonette and, and it's done. And once a week, that's what you get, 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. Um, and uh, that is not, I, I don't believe that is the plan of God. I believe the Word of God is critical to the worship of God. Uh, because in the Word of God, we find guidance for living. We find how to, to relate to God. I mean, let's face it. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they'd been doing pagan worship. Uh, they didn't understand how to relate to God. And Moses had to teach them how to relate to God. And uh, if we don't have the word of God, we have no guidance in worship as to how to worship or in what God desires. So the word of God is a great blessing to us, and it teaches us and confronts us and changes us, and it is truly a great blessing. Uh, so um, as you walk into that holy place, uh, all of these things are things that should be involved in your local quiet, in, in, your, in your personal quiet time, in the local church, okay? Uh, anywhere there is worship. Uh, and, and so you see this revealing truth, the truth of God's word should be a part of worship. But next I want you to see that we see an intimate fellowship. An intimate fellowship is part of God's plan for worship. In verse 2, he says, the lampstand, but also the table and the presentation loaves. I mentioned before, on the right side, as you come in from the east, on the right side would be the table of the presence. And they would put six loaves of bread every, every Sabbath day on this table. And uh, it was a picture of God's people having table fellowship with God. Isn't that a great picture? Uh, we're getting ready to hit the holidays, right? Thanksgiving dinner's coming up, uh, Christmas time and all those things. And, and we uh, associate those times with meals usually, right? And, um, and we, we get to eat, and, and usually I eat too much. Uh, but those are some special times. You get to, to meet with your family. Some of them, maybe you haven't seen them in a while. They travel in, and, and you just get to enjoy the fellowship of your family. Uh, God wants us to enjoy fellowship with him. Isn't it an amazing thought that the creator of the universe wants to sit down and break bread with us? <laughs> that's, I tell you what, and that's God's heart. He loves us. He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants us to tell us, to tell him what our burdens are, uh, what we're stressed out about, what we're angry about, uh, uh, and
and he wants us to thank him and praise him for the good things that he's done uh, and to ask him for the things that we need. And, and as we gr- draw close to him, uh, whether it's in a worship service, whether it's in a personal quiet time, this delights his heart and it is part of his plan for worship. He wants to meet with us. And I think that's amazing. Um, someone once said, when you come to the Lord, keep your sins confessed. Uh, surrender your heart to him. Uh, we can do that, of course, by the power of the Holy Spirit as we ask him to help us with that. Uh, and, and come in faith, expect it to meet with God because God definitely wants to meet with us. This is his heart. And uh, as you worship God, uh, it's amazing how he'll draw, as we draw near to him, he's promised, he will draw near to us. And so God's plan for worship is an earthly picture, that it would be an earthly picture. Also, uh, revealing truth, an intimate fellowship, uh, for an, an intercessory priest, or an interceding priest. In verse 4, uh, he had the golden altar of incense. Now, what was the golden altar of incense? Well, every day, uh, the priests would come into the holy place and would intercede for the people. He'd pray. He'd burn incense there uh, as they had taken the, the blood and put the blood upon the incense altar, and he'd burn incense. And as he burned, as the incense would go up, he would offer up his prayers to God on behalf of the people. And it was intercessory prayer. And he was a picture of Jesus, our great high priest, who always lived to intercede for us. And uh, what a wonderful thing that is. Um, But he also is a picture of how the church is supposed to function. Right? That's why I had to pray for all the requests before I started preaching, because I was going to preach on this, right? Uh, uh, We are called to pray for each other. Right? Um, I, I think of Eunice Armstrong when I think of this, you know, and uh, she's uh, gone to be with the Lord. But Eunice faithfully interceded for this church and the people in this church and for me. And uh, there are many answers to prayer uh, as she prayed, but also her prayers themselves were a blessing to people in this church. And uh, it just seemed like the heaven would come down as she prayed. And uh, <clears throat> many times she would speak about something I was dealing with in her prayer. I could tell the Holy Spirit was leading her because it was exactly what I needed, right? So uh, what, a, what a blessing. That, that is part of the plan of God. Now, you don't have to pray like Eunice Armstrong, but it is God's plan for us to pray for one another. That's part of his design for worship, part of his plan. Um, we're here to support one another. And uh, one of the ways we do that is in prayer. And uh, I think that's one great thing about Sunday school is that when we had those small groups together, we can share what's on our heart and what we're, what we're burdened about. And uh, we can lift those things to the Lord in prayer. Um, so um, an interceding priest, that's part. And by the way, you and I are called priests. We're a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, First Peter says. So uh, we are called to pray to the Father on behalf of others. And we do that uh, in, uh, in our families, in, this, in our church, and uh, for others in our community. All right. So uh, God's plan for worship, an earthly picture, 
a revealing truth, an intimate fellowship, an interceding priest, a merciful throne. Look at verse 4. And the ark of the covenant. I mentioned before the cloud of God's glory was above the ark of the covenant. Uh, It was the place that was considered his throne. Uh, He ruled above the ark of the covenant. Uh, Just as in heaven he rules upon his throne. Uh, But it is also a merciful throne and praise God for that. Because were it not a merciful throne you and I would be in trouble. Uh, The priests would put the blood on the mercy seat because uh, in so doing, uh, God's wrath would be appeased and he could dwell with his people uh, and uh, have fellowship, limited though it was under the old covenant. Um, So uh, it's a merciful throne. Now, uh, the fact that it's a throne means that he is king and we're subjects, right? So that means we're to surrender our lives to follow him. That is part of worship. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the prophets in the Old Testament uh, shared in, in a couple of places, I think one of them is in Amos, uh, where he, God says, I, he says, I'm, I'm disgusted with your worship. I, I can't stand your worship because you're, you're, you're coming and you're acting like you love me and you're singing and you're, you're doing all these things. But in your heart, you refuse to follow me. And God knew that at heart, they were rebellious against God. They were just going through the motions of worship. So God says, I want your heart to be surrendered to me. Guess what was in the Ark of the Covenant? The tablets that had the Ten Commandments on them. You see, God told Moses on Mount Sinai, here's here's what I want to base this, this nation of Israel upon, this is the covenant I want you to follow. Uh, now, under, under the new covenant, what has God done? He's written that law upon our hearts, right? So that we have a desire to follow him. But we are called to surrender to his lordship. And that is part of worship. Uh, praise God, the mercy is also... Listen, uh, we can offer acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ, as it says elsewhere in Hebrews. And, and uh, listen, uh, were it not for Jesus Christ, we could never acceptably worship God. But because the blood has been put on the heavenly mercy seat by Jesus Christ, you and I can worship God, and He accepts that worship, and it's beautiful to Him. Uh, so it's, it's a merciful throne is part of God's plan for worship, that we be surrendered and that God extend mercy and praise his name for doing so. Next, God's plans for worship is a holy remembrance. If you look in verse 4, he says uh, that uh, Aaron's staff that budded was put there uh, in the ark. Some believe it's by the ark, some believe it's in the ark, it doesn't really matter, but it was there, okay? What was that all about? Well, there was a dispute, right? Some in the, in the tribe of Levi said, well, why should Aaron be the priest? Uh, we think we're just as good as he is. He, you know, he's, he's, uh, he, he's not any better lineage than we are. Uh, why does he get to be priest? And, and so there's this dispute, and uh, God tells Moses, put, put all the tribes of Israel out there, uh, and, and the, the rod that buds will be the rod that I've chosen. And he chooses the tribe of Levi, and uh, he... he uh, exalts Aaron 
in the eyes of the people. Uh, God had put a call upon Aaron's life. He'd given him something to do for him. And, and just in the same way, he, he puts a call on our lives. And sometimes people may not like that. They may, they may say, well, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, they may, they may question it and they may oppose it. But God has done something very beautiful when he allows us to be a part of his work. And we need to consider that a great privilege. Uh, and so the, the rod of Aaron that budded was a remembrance of what God had done for Aaron and allowing him to be a part of his work and to serve there in the tabernacle. Uh, it was a holy remembrance. When, when we come to worship God, God wants us to remember the good things he's done. One of the things we need to do, and one reason I think it's great to set aside a day for worship, is it gives us an opportunity to hit the pause button for, for our week and just to remember, hey, God's been good. I've eaten, some, I've eaten some meals this week. I've got clothes on my back. I've got a warm place to live. Uh, you know, God has been good. God has forgiven my sin. God, you know, you think about the cross and what God has done for us. And, and you begin to think and, and count those blessings that God has given us. And it's easy to begin to get excited in Jesus. And, and, uh, and I think that's what it's all about. As we come to worship him, to exalt his name for his goodness. That is part of God's plan for worship. Uh, we were talking earlier in the Bible study about uh, the fact that uh, Adrian Rogers used to say, uh, you can either be grumbly hateful or humbly grateful. And God wants us to be humbly grateful. And, uh, and, and so uh, we, we make that choice, don't we? And we, as we come into the place of worship, uh, to, to be thankful to God for all he's done and to remember the good things he has done. So, uh, uh, so uh, God's plan for worship, an earthly picture, a revealing truth, an intimate fellowship, an interceding priest, a merciful throne, a holy remembrance, and finally a surrendered heart. If you look in verse 4, uh, the tablets of the covenant. I've mentioned this already. Uh, these, these things that God has told us to do, to be surrendered. Surrender is a step of trust, right? Because if you're going to surrender yourself to follow after somebody, you're not going to do that. I remember there's these two guys who always used to play practical jokes in the school that I attended, and, and you learn really quick not to trust a word those guys said. I wouldn't follow them to the lunchroom. I, th those guys were always up to something, and you knew that uh, you couldn't rely on anything they told you because they, were, they had a mischievous streak and so forth, and uh, you couldn't trust them. Uh, the same, the same, by the same token, uh, God is ultimately and completely trustworthy. Um, he never breaks his word, never breaks his promises, and he is faithful as no one else is faithful. And as a result of that, we can surrender our lives to him and trust that he knows what's best for us, to trust that he will use us for his kingdom in the way that he desires, and to trust that as we draw near to him in surrender, he will draw near to us. Um, I remember the first moment that I surrendered my heart to Jesus Christ. Uh, after about a year's struggle under conviction, uh, I came to an altar 
and I said, Lord, I'm not sure I can do this, uh, but I want to surrender to you. Please help me to surrender to you. And then I said, Lord, right now I surrender. <laughs> and he enabled me to say it genuinely, right? In that moment, Jesus Christ entered my life, and I've never been the same since. And what I've found since that time is those seasons of life that I have been surrendered to him have been the best seasons of my life. He truly is trustworthy, and he's good. And as we surrender to him, uh, he always does what is best. So what's God's plan for worship? Well, he's given us an earthly picture to show us. Um, He's given us uh, revealing truth, intimate fellowship, an interceding priest, a merciful throne, a holy remembrance, and a surrendered heart. What about you? Are you following God's plan for worship? If not, uh, tell him today, Lord, I'm going to start today. I'm going to start following your plan. And if you don't know him, the first step of worshiping him is to come into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life we couldn't live and died the death we deserved at the cross and rose again. And because of what he did, we can be saved as we repent and put our trust in him. If you'd like to do that tonight, I'm going to invite you to come here in just a moment uh, to the front uh, and, um, and to give your heart to Jesus. Uh, if you need to come to this altar for prayer, if you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you. Um, and uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and And, uh, Lord, I pray that we would respond to you now in the ways you desire for the glory of your name. First, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand.